The following sermon was recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org. students too hard a time, but I'm sure the students are feeling it more. Um, for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm David Cannon and I work in Chiang Mai in a, in a dormitory. We care for 11 kids and so we know what they're all going through as they're getting in the uh, final assignments and they're preparing for exams next week. And it is a time of pressure. So as I was preparing, I was trying to consider where, where you are all at and asking the Lord to give me a message. And I think the conclusion may be that you're all over the place. You're all at different stages and some of you might be feeling really good today. Some of you might be feeling down. Some of you might be sad and some of you might be really, um, really happy. I want to tell you about a man. But before we do that, let, let us just pray again. Father God, we thank you for this season, a season where we can remember your wonderful love, your grace, and your mercy so rich and free in that you sent Jesus into this world. Jesus, who is God, who is creator, who lived in glory, humbled himself and came to this earth because he loved us. We thank you that we can remember that at this time. And we pray that uh, his peace and his joy will be evident um, in and through our lives too. So Lord, just this morning we ask that through your Holy Spirit that you would speak to each one of us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just uh, forewarning, uh, this morning I, I hope to not preach too long so that there's time for you to break into small groups to um, share and care for one another in prayer. Part of that prayer time uh, would be if, if someone has big needs in their life and, and you pray about that and then other parts of that would be praying for this nation and also our home nation. We will we'll see how we go. And then at the end of the service, time permitting, uh, time for testimony. So if, if our Lord lays on your heart something um, this morning, I hope there is time for that. But we need to finish by about 11.30. So. My wife um, reckons whenever I say I'll be short that I'm always long, so we shall see. There once was a man... A young man, healthy and handsome. He had a fine upbringing, not me, um, although my upbringing wasn't too bad. But that this, this man was having quite a difficult time in his life. And this, this would go up and down um, along the way. One time in his life, he was in mortal danger. His life was threatened. 
he was actually um, basically on death row. He wasn't in prison, but um, his name was in a book and he uh, was to be executed. Another time, he was very troubled by his thoughts. He had these uh, things going in his mind that were really overwhelming him. Maybe some of you have that. And he, he could hardly speak for the fear that had welled up inside of him. This man was a deeply religious man. But that didn't stop him being put into places of great danger. One being one situation, he was put into this place where his physical body was threatened to be torn to pieces, into shreds. That was not of his own doing. He was forced into this, this place of terror. Another time, he, um, he continued to have these troubling thoughts going through his mind and about things that he was seeing, about things that um, had come close to his, his being. These things also made him terribly sad and, and you could probably say quite depressed. Another time, he fainted and was sick for many days just because of what was happening in his mind and, and the things that he had seen. Uh, he could be accused of being out of his mind through his actions. Another time he, he cried and he mourned for three weeks and he didn't eat anything hardly. And even during that time, being a religious man, he was, he was praying to God, but there, there was just no answer from God during that time. I wonder if you know who, that, who this man is. Any guesses out there? It was Daniel. Daniel, uh, the, the prophet Daniel, the, the servant of the king uh, Daniel. All these things happened in, into, in his life. And if we think of Daniel in, in, in the Bible, we think of a really amazing man used of God in, in a mighty way. But he had all these terrible things happen to him in his life. And it, not just physical, they were also um, spiritual and, and emotional things that were happening to him. So that story I just told talks about Daniel, and I will um, just read those verses to you. Uh, the first instance in Daniel chapter 2, um, when King... The king had a dream and he asked his advisors to tell him the dream. But they said, that's impossible. We can't tell you the dream. You tell us and then we will give you the interpretation. And after that, the king got mad and said, you are all going to die. And that included Daniel. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. The next instance is over to chapter 4, where the king again had a dream, and Daniel again comes to him and, and tells him 
what the dream means. But Daniel, as he approached the king, approached him in fear. Chapter 4, verse 19 says, Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation of it trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream, may it be of your enemies and not of you. So Daniel there in his emotions was terrified. And, and throughout Daniel's life, he, you can see that he, he loved the kings and served them humbly. And he didn't want to bring this trouble on our morning all morning okay so um, I'm sure most of you know the stories of, of Daniel uh, the next instance uh, uh, if you think about my story I told you about his body being torn to shreds was of course the lions he was he was threatened by the lions and that's chapter 6 of Daniel and, and it starts off with these these uh, scheming um, servants of the king who hated Daniel because Daniel was so a man of great integrity and the king uh, really loved Daniel and it was like Daniel was first be- just because of the guy he was. And in the end, these, these guys said in chapter 6, verse 5, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So Daniel being a, a guy of integrity, there's only one way that they could trap him and bring um, a charge against him, and that was his faith in God. I wonder if the same can be said of us, or are there little bits and pieces in our lives that people could pick up first before even approaching uh, what sort of people we are? Are we people of integrity? Now at this time... Um, of course, Daniel ends up being thrown into the lion's den. And Daniel continued to be a man of prayer and um, of just seeking God all during this time, in this time of trouble. And we know he escaped from the lion's den because, an, because God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth. Later on, um, especially in all the visions, Daniel had a hard time with all these visions. In chapter 7, verse 15, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. That doesn't sound like he's having a good time there when, when God is giving him these, these visions. Chapter 8, verse 26. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore, shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days. Afterward I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but did not understand it. Then later, uh, chapter 10. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three weeks. He was mourning because of what the vision he had seen. 
I ate no, no pleasant bread, neither flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Then later the answer comes. During that time he had been praying and, um, and no answer had come. This is chapter, chapter 10 of Daniel. I'll just uh, get to the NIV, which is a little bit better. Let's start at chapter 10, verse 10. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to him. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So um, that instance, when Daniel was, pra- was praying for three whole weeks, no answer came to him because of the battle um, in, in the spiritual realm. And uh, maybe we are having those sort of battles in our life. So, so the reason I share those, you could say negative points in Daniel's life, but I don't think they're negative points in anyone's life when you have hardship. In fact, I think hardship is necessary for our Christian life. Um, Peter talks about two kinds of hardship. One hardship is because we deserve it, because we've been bad, and the other is because um, of our, our witness as Christians. So if I ask the question again, um, uh, where are you at right now? Or as, as we come up to the end of 2011, it's gone past very quickly for most of us, I guess, Maybe not quick enough for others. It depends on how your year has been. When you look at your year, are you going to say it was a year of, it was a fantastic year, or it was a terrible year, or maybe it's just been the past month, um, whatever time period we're talking about? What, what is your criteria of, of weighing up whether it was a good time or a bad time? Um, we can look at uh, people's lives and, and see they have good health, they have, uh, their business is going well, they have wealth, uh, they enjoy leisure and, and sports and things like that. Is, is that a time we will say that's a great year? Or is it the time when, when there have been trials and tribulations all along the way? Is that when we're going to say it is a great year? Now, um, in my own life, I, I daren't go looking for troubles and trials. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of us deliberately go and, and look for trials, but um, God will, in his mercy and in his grace, bring us through whatever trials um, that we are in. Um, think of the students in our dorm and their trials right now are exams and... Um, 
and assignments. Um, I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or not, but it's certainly a kind of trial and it does bring a certain maturity to people. So as you think of 2011, and you've still got like three weeks to make it a good year, right? Um, how, how do you think of it? How do you think of each step along the way, uh, along your life? Off, um, and I realise there may be some people here actually in a, in a, in a quite a trial right now. And um, it, is, it is not something to, to make light of. But it is something that God can use to glorify um, his name and to bring much blessing into your life. And all our trials um, are, are different. Some, someone's trial might look mediocre to you, but then your trial might seem not so, um, so hard to them at, at the same time. So, so trials are good. Um, the, the Bible teaches that. Uh, Peter and James talk about it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6 to, 16 to 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And James chapter 1 verse 2 puts it even a little bit more clearer than that. It's sort of not something you really want to, want to read but it's right there in, in God's word. Consider it, it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So if we are not going through trials at the moment, um, maybe we're mature. What do you think? How mature are you? Paul um, talked about Daniel. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Paul and his ministry. After a decade or more in his ministry, he, he, he continues to talk about striving for maturity. Now, of course, uh, many missionaries in here, and our example, I guess, is Paul, the, the great missionary of the New Testament. And he says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 16, he talks about moving on to maturity. Let's read that together. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ 
and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so, somehow, to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of all of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. So to me, um, Paul, after 10 or more years in, in, in his missionary service, maybe 20 even, he in no way has arrived. Now, I've been on the mission field for about 20 years as well, and um, I know I haven't arrived yet. I get reminded of that often when, when you live with lots of kids and, and whatever, they soon point out where you're going wrong. And... and that's actually a good thing. It, it, it can be a good thing. Um, as kids point out things to you, um, I guess the pe people who best point out to you what's going on in, in your life is those closest to you because that's, that is when you let your guard down or when you take off your mask. This morning, uh, when you come to church, when you're amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, Admittedly, many you don't know quite well. Do you put on a mask? Um, do we all know the meaning of a mask? We, we sort of are hiding certain things about ourselves because uh, we don't want to be vulnerable to other people. Sometimes it's people close to us and sometimes it's people that, that we don't know. We, we're at that point where I, I don't want to... Um, let my guard down. I don't want to be seen as being lower or a sinner or something like that. Um, there's an article in the latest Eye of the Tiger, which is Grace International School um, occasional magazine. And <clears throat> uh, an article written by a girl talking about where's the grace in grace, a question of judgment. And it's quite a good article. It's, it's not judgmental or anything like that. But uh, the thoughts that are in that article, um, I think, talk a lot about the masks that we put on. Students and teachers put them on at school. Um, we put them on when we come to church on Sunday and in this article, um, 
the, the writer's done a survey of, of various people and asked them what they think. Is, does, is there a lot of grace at grace? And, of course, choosing that name, yeah, and, and all Christian teachers, etc. cetera. Uh, the students respond to in this way, and this is how they see it, and, and we take that, that's, that's just how they see it. It may not be correct, but it's, it's how these students have seen it. They say, um, we don't feel that we are free enough to share our, our downcomings or our, our falls, our, our sins. So as um, the students are walking around, they dare not show that they are sinners. Now, that's, that, that's good and bad, right? Um, the direction there to keep your life straight on the straight and narrow is good, but we all slip up, right? So as the students slip up in various things, maybe wrong things on the Internet or saying the wrong thing or whatever it is, um, that, that, that doesn't matter. But if they feel that we can't, we can't open up and share because they're scared they're going to be judged or, or immediately um, you have to be here when in fact they are over here. And that, that's sort of not being honest, right? So anyway, that, that article sort of covers some of the, those things. Uh, I don't think it's entirely um, correct, but that, that's the perception that is there. And somehow we need to lower that, that perception that we are all judges because we're not. <laughs> we're all sinners and saved by grace. So, so I found that an interesting article to read, and if you're, you receive the, uh, the Grace International School magazine, feel free to read it. So this morning, um, as you come to church, did you put on a mask? Now, I know some of you guys here, and, and I, res- I respect you, and, and it's, it's nice to talk to you, but there's many I don't know, and I still want to get to know you, but being a person who puts on the mask themselves, sometimes it's sort of hard to come up with to someone else who has a mask on and you have your mask on and sort of superficial sort of conversation, right? So, so today I, I don't want us to leave without letting our guard down a little bit and taking off our masks. And before we share in small groups and pray for one another, um, uh, Tom Miyakawa, he, he mentioned this book earlier in the year, which is uh, From Pride to Humility by Stuart Scott, and, and he said it was a book that changed his life for the better, naturally. Um, I've read that recently, and I, I can't say it's changed my life because I haven't done everything in the book yet, but um, it is it's a very good book. Um, but as we look at, at Paul's life... Um, and Daniel's life, we see they are men of integrity. Daniel could not be... Um, no fault could be found in Daniel by, by the, his enemies. They could not find a fault in him except his faith. And I asked that question already, what about us? If I look at my life and the unsaved Thai Buddhists around, if they looked at my life... What do they see? Do they see all these little slip-ups or do they see a man of integrity? And it's probably up and down. <laughs> um, but, but the start is, is to be humble people. James chapter 4, verse 10. 
And this is what we, we, we need to be with, with one another. Even in a community like CCF, which is a bit of a coming and going community, so it can be hard, but I know there's some people um, who have uh, good relationship groups and then there's probably some people who, who can be lonely at the same time, so we need to be aware of what's going on around us. James 4, verses, uh, we start at verse 6. But he gives us more grace. That is why, the, why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So, so all that being sad and, and mourning is, is talking about the sin in our lives, as James is writing to this group of Christians. And, and we are lifted up after we, we, we come through that time of mourning and, and, and grief and repentance, and then God lifts us up. But before we get to that point, we, we have to humble ourselves to God, get rid of pride. And 1 Peter uh, says the same thing, 1 Peter 5, 5 to 7, uh, mentions the same verse. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So, um, uh, humility is, is a good thing. And, and it should be our walk as we go. And as people see us as, as humble people, um, they will open up to us as well uh, as we are not judgmental. So um, I, I'm not sure what you're getting out of um, all this um, this morning as you, you think of your year or your past month or your past week. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but that's all, all sort of personal stuff. I also want us to think on a, on a global perspective as well as we come into prayer right now. But please, um, if, if you want to share um, in, in your small group, and I'll ask it to be small groups of men and small groups of women, so um, try and be on a group of your own gender. Um, if, if you've been reading... So some of the big topics in the newspapers in, in Australia is something like um, the push for homosexual marriage. And we might be shocked at that, and we should be shocked at that. 
Um, Hillary Clinton has just talked about giving so many millions of dollars to promote uh, homosexual rights and, and marriage and stuff in the rest of the world. Of course, that's only one issue. There are many other issues. There's corruption, there's um, abortion, there's many terrible things happening in this world. What is our response? Is our response to be uh, judgmental? In a, in a certain sense, we, we need to state that this is wrong. But are we setting ourselves up a, as judges? Uh, Daniel, in Daniel chapter 9, when he prays for his nation, includes himself. So if we, we're going to pray for the nation of Thailand, we should include ourselves in that prayer. If we pray for our home country, for me, Australia, include ourselves in that prayer. Um, if you're up with the news and you were disgusted with what Hillary Clinton had, had said on, on this, this certain issue, what did you do? Did you pray for her? Did you pray that God would work in her life? That somehow God, would, in his mercy, would um, do something? For her, or did you just sit there in judgment? Um, yeah. So, so right now, let's move into small groups for ten minutes or so. Feel feel free to share openly. Let down those masks. Um, it can be hard, especially with a stranger. But please, right now, just break up into small groups. Um, and if it's and if it's with someone that you've never met before, that's good as well. They might need you as part of that group right now. So for 10 minutes or so, let's do that, please. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org.